Hello, welcome to Helen Talks Who. I'm Helen and today I'm talking about A Town Called Mercy. It's, it's an interesting episode, this one. It's, um, it's a bit different. Uh, I'm going to start with talking about a few sort of points about how the episode tells the story. But um, then the main thing I'm going to focus on is sort of the various kind of questions of morality that come through in the episode. Because that's kind of the main focus. Because we've got this episode that looks like this kind of Wild West episode. And I'm sure there's a bunch of references to Western films that I don't get. Uh, pretty much the only reference I think I do get is the bit where The Undertaker can't starts measuring the doctorate. Because that's the uh, same jokes that's used in uh, Back to the Future. But um, the all of the stuff like the cinematography of the of the episode and the music is absolutely stunning. It's another one where it was well worth them filming abroad. Um, and there's a couple of nice, yeah, narrative things that they do. So firstly, we have this um, framing narration where um, at the start of the episode. They basically, they do the thing where they're describing a monster as though it was the, was the Doctor. And this is something that happened a lot, particularly in Stephen Moffat's era, I think. Um, yeah, you get it a lot because we had it with like the Minotaur. It sort of got shades of the um, kind of the whole Pandorica thing where describing the Doctor as though he was a monster. It's sort of similar kind of thing. Um, so this one we have, we have, we have it doing this in two, in two ways. Firstly, that opening narration talks about a man who fell from the stars and it's referring to the gunslinger, uh, and specifically the gunslinger as he'll be at the end of the episode, but it's, uh, yeah, very much framed to sound like the kind of legend that usually gets built up around the Doctor. Um, and then the gunslinger himself does does a similar thing where he says that he's looking for the doctor as his next uh, as, as his next target, where of course he's um, he's meaning Carla Jacks, but um, you know we're watching Doctor Who, we're going to assume it's the doctor. Um, yeah, so I I I, I like that um, narrative device. You also have this really. Um, this really neat contrast um with the with the way they use accents in this episode um because you have all of the townspeople speaking with their american accents um and sounding like they've just stepped out of a clint eastwood film but um obviously our main trio is uh, have their usual british accents but um adrian scarborough also keeps his british accent as Carla Jacks. So it sets up this kind of contrast between the four outsiders, you know, the two people from the future in Amy and Rory and the two aliens in The Doctor and Carla Jacks, kind of contrasted with the townspeople with their American accent. And that's a neat little thing I hadn't noticed. Um, Adrian Scarborough in general is really good in this episode. I, I think, um, yeah, he... he he does some really um, clever things with, with, with Carla Jacks. So, so let's talk about that character. 
because um, obviously the episode kind of hinges around Carla Jacks. And the whole point of the episode is this idea of where Carla Jacks falls on this kind of scale of morality and how he's viewed by the people around him. Um, and this is set up or sort of highlighted when they find out what Carla Jacks has done and Rory says, you know, he's a war criminal versus Isaac saying, no, he's the guy who saved the town from cholera. And it's that kind of contrast and that idea that he can be both is, is, is the point of the episode. Um, and you kind of see this in how Carla Jacks behaves, certainly in the kind of first third to half of the episode. Because to start off with, for about the first third of the episode, he's extremely likeable. Um, he's, he's modest about his achievements in the town of Mercy. He clearly appreciates, like, a quiet life. And from how he talks about the townspeople and helping them, you can tell that he does have good intentions with, you know, the actions that he's taking in the here and now. Um, which, you know... Yeah, he's very likable. Um, he's even, um, you know, he's 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 observant and and kind of friendly to Amy with the, you know, asking her if she's a mother. Um, so all in all, he he comes across as nice, and you know, it you start to think maybe the gunslinger has made a mistake. But then, uh, he, seventeen minutes in, Carla Jack draws a gun on Amy. And at first it just, at first it, it kind of looks like, okay, maybe he's just scared of being found out, scared of, you know, being targeted by the gunslinger. But then when the doctor comes back with the full information of, of what he's found out about Carla Jax, Jax's mask drops incredibly quickly. Because he's 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 very very quickly trying to lie about it and trying to deny it, but then when he tells the full story, when he realizes that you know the doctor's seen all the stuff and 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 he's not going to get away with lying, the thing that stood out to me is that Jack doesn't doesn't show any remorse for the bad things he's done in the past for experimenting on people. He, he's very much, um, you know, he views what he had to do as, like, for the greater good of ending the war. Um, and, and there's several interesting points about, uh, about this whole thing. Um, firstly, I think throughout this whole episode we kind of see the morality of the different characters um, explored sort of looking more at the impact of their actions on other people. 
um it's very much focusing on that sort of utilitarianism idea of 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 what impact is it having on other people so you know Carla Jack's balancing the lives of the people he experimented on versus the lives of the people he saved by ending the war quickly with you know the lives of the of, of the townspeople that he's helped in mercy as well um it's not yeah it's very much focusing on the the idea of like how how much good you can put out into the world rather than the intentions behind the actions um which makes sense for the story that that they're telling the other thing that so the other thing that i kind of find interesting is that really once once carla jacks pulls that gun on amy I feel like he goes too far. He, he's almost, he's meant to be a morally grey character and I think he goes too far for us to be able to view him as morally grey and I think that does impact on um, how Amy, Rory and the Doctor kind of react to them and, and how we see those reactions and I'll go into a bit more depth about about our TARDIS gang and their morality during this episode um and the the other thing this means the, the fact that Jax isn't allowed to be morally grey it's like just to be clear the story is clearly trying to show him as morally grey you know it's trying to ask the question of you know, he is trying to be good in the here and now. He is trying to go do good things. He had, I suppose he had good intentions for what he did before. But there's something in the fact that he's got no remorse. And I don't know, it just comes across like what he did in the past was so bad it can't be redeemed. And I do think it... I, I I do think the episode slightly misses maybe what it the point that it's trying to get across. I feel like it's set up as this idea of like, you know, was he right to do what he did and and and, and you know, for the audience to have a genuine question of what should the doctor do with him. But I think what we see in the episode is is he swings too far to the to the side of of um doing the wrong thing um yeah it that scene that scene when the doctor comes back from the ship and yeah Jax is just very he's no longer the likable person we saw in the first 15 minutes it's it's as though it's as though he's kind of two different characters and the the second one the one that you know seems slightly more evil is, is the one that seems more like the real person um yeah so it doesn't really for me it doesn't really leave a question in the audience mind of of 
you know, oh, maybe he should just be left alone to, to do what, um, to, to help Murphy. And the other thing is, um, so at the end of the episode, we have, um, the climax of the episode is Carla Jacks blowing up his ship rather than letting, uh, the gunslinger continue to chase him away from the town of Murphy. So we have this idea of him, well, I'm not sure if it's meant to be like him realising that he can't continue to, um, to impact people negatively, um, that he has to take action to, to, to stop the gunslinger from pursuing him, um, that's probably what he's trying to do, but, gotta be honest, Jax's decision to blow up his ship is, it kind of comes out of nowhere, um, for me. I don't think the seeds of that are laid down throughout the episode, because we don't get any sense of remorse, particularly, um, with Isaac's death. I think, like that's probably meant to be the turning point for Carla Jacks of seeing his friend get killed directly because of his actions but we don't see Carla Jacks feeling any remorse for that um and we don't even see because the other thing that could you know drive him to blow up his ship at the end is is this idea of he just wants to settle down and have a nice life somewhere. He doesn't want to keep running. Like, he's tired. And we don't see that either. So, yeah, I like the idea of the Carla Jacks character. I think what Adrian Scarborough does with um, the character is, is, is very good. I, I do love that contrast between this very likeable, affable man in the first 15 minutes and then this you know, slightly darker side we see later on. But, um, yeah, it does feel like we're missing how Carla Jacks gets from, from where he is at the start of the episode to sacrificing himself at the end of the episode. Okay, let's move on from the character of Carla Jacks and talk about our three main characters. Let's talk about Amy and Rory and the Doctor. So we have that scene about 20 minutes in when the doctor's seen the information about Carla Jacks in his ship and he comes back and they kind of know that they know what the gunslinger is after and um, they know that the gunslinger wants Carla Jacks and they have this choice about whether to kick Carla Jacks out of the town or whether to um, let him stay in the town and find another way to get rid of the gunslinger. And their reactions to what should be done, I, I find very interesting. So we have Amy um, being a very typical companion and being just, she, she is very much against the whole principle of sending Jack to his death. You know, she's very much, let's take the moral high ground on this which, you know, she's a Doctor Who companion, tick, that's probably the opinion that a Doctor Who companion should have. 
Then you have Rory. Um, Rory is a bit more practical. He's always a bit more practical than Amy. And he very much sees uh, sending Jax out of the town as the only way out. Um, and the way I read it um, when I was watching that scene was, I think, um, Rory thinking that that's the only way out, I think that's possibly amplified by the fact that you don't have the Doctor putting another solution forward. Rory, you know, he knows the Doctor very well by this point. He knows that the Doctor will find another way, if at all possible. So the fact that the Doctor doesn't do that probably, I think, hardens Rory to go, you know what, this is actually what we have to do. Um, and then you have the Doctor. Now, the Doctor is thinking along the same kind lines as Rory. He, he is being practical and he is, to some extent, thinking that this is the only way out. But he is very much acting in anger. He, in that scene where they're discussing what they should do with Carla Jax, he, he, he gets goaded into kicking Jax out, essentially. Because you have Jax himself um, describing what he does, you know, showing no remorse, but also, like, needling the Doctor, you know, that whole thing of, thank God my people weren't relying on you to save them, like, that's, that's a barb that would, that hits the Doctor hard, you know, it, 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 it gets his weak spots, um, and I think the other thing that sort of goads the Doctor into, in, into, you know, making the decision to, to send Jax out of the town is because he's seen the records in the ship of what Jax actually did. Amy and Rory haven't seen that. They've just heard the Doctor describe it. So Amy and Rory have this abstract idea of a war criminal, whereas the Doctor has actually seen the records. Um, but yeah, he's very much, the Doctor is very much acting in anger because... Because, of course, there's another way. Like, the gunsling is just one person. Like, the doctor's, the doctor's thought his way out of harder things. And, um... This is the... This is kind of the thing that makes this episode... I don't know. Makes this episode get sort of mixed reviews from me. Is... The Doctor goes too far here. Like, really goes too far. Um, because there's no... There's nothing here about the Doctor almost making the wrong choice to, to hand Jax over. He does hand Jax over. Um, and it's only um, Amy's speech and uh, Isaac's sacrifice that actually stop the Doctor. He's... He, he, he has ultimately made the wrong choice, morally speaking. Um, and that's, um, that's a lot for the Doctor. You know, I... Yeah, it's a lot for the Doctor. 
Um, and it also comes out of nowhere. We've we've not really had a build-up um, to the Doctor making this choice of, of handing Jax over. Um, the last couple of episodes, you know, he does give Solomon a chance last episode. He, in Asylum of the Daleks, he is he kind of half works out who Oswin is, I think, partway through the asylum and he is kind and not, you know, not doesn't tell her until he needs to and um and last series, yes, it was all about it was all about like his impact on people and this idea that he's gotten too loud and flashy, but it wasn't really there's nothing in there that was building up to this idea that he could in cold blood hand hand someone over to to die um so yeah that for me the doctor goes too far here and i'm not sure i like watching that he also um after isaac's sacrifice he goes very very quickly back to his usual pacifist state um, which you see in the scene where the townspeople want the Doctor to turn a blind eye while they drag Jax out and the Doctor gives that whole speech of, you know, the whole violence begets violence thing. Um, and um, given what the Doctor was doing five minutes ago, it's, it, it rings hollow. Um, and it's interesting because... I'm sort of slightly thinking ahead to um to thin ice where you have this idea that the doctor has enough experience that he can give a righteous speech and it sound good and it have authority behind it. Um and here you kind of have the exact opposite. The doctor does not have the authority to make that speech as far as I'm concerned in, in, in this moment. Um not as not as preachy as he makes it anyway. Like, yes, he you know, he I absolutely see, you know, why he stopped the townspeople, like one hundred percent, but honestly, he he's just made that wrong decision. He shouldn't he shouldn't be yeah he shouldn't be preachy about it because these people have all just seen him make the decision to hand Carla Jax over himself you know it comes across as rather hypocritical um so yeah the doctor goes a little bit too far well not a little bit too far he goes too far here um one of the other strands of this episode, or one of the other things that this episode is trying to do, is it's trying to draw a parallel between Jax and the Doctor. It's And it's that thing that the Doctor says to Jax of saying, you committed an atrocity and chose like serving this town as your atonement. And there is a parallel there, like the idea that the Doctor feels the guilt of the Time War and his various other losses and is driven to like keep going and keep saving people like that. That's one that we see very often. So there, there is a parallel there. But when I was watching, 
yeah, I was just thinking this feels like a step too far. And I, I think it is partly the fact that he he doesn't almost make the choice. He doesn't there's no almost about it. He he makes the wrong choice. Um I think the other reason that this episode feels like going too far with the Doctor's character is where it sits in sort of the Doctor's journey. Like, this is the third episode of a mini-series. It's nearing the end of Amy and Rory's series. And we've had quite a string of, like... I don't know, significant episodes or slightly darker episodes or ones that have felt sort of slightly heavier in some ways. And I think maybe I'm just a little bit tired of having a slightly darker Doctor. I kind of want him to have some more normal and fun adventures. It it just, it seems like a little while since we've had that. And I know there were elements of it with dinosaurs on a spaceship. But even that, you know, you have the um you have some of the emotional stuff between Amy and Rory and the doctor um and and dinosaurs on a spaceship aside you've we've had an episode where the doctor faces you know his worst enemies the daleks we've had an episode where the doctor um wrestles with grief with Dr. Widow and the wardrobe. We've had Wedding of River Song, which was a big one. Closing Time, where he, you know, faced the fact he's gonna die. God Complex, where he, and, and Girl Who Waited, where he, you know, faces up to the impact that he's had on his best friends. You know, we've had a string of dark episodes, really. Um, yeah, so I think it's a, it's a combination of, of, of it being a while since we've had some nice fun episodes and seeing the doctor actually make the wrong choice here not nearly make it but actually make it because it's just it's just so contrary to what the doctor normally does normally the doctor tries to think his way out until he's literally left with no other choice um the example that's bring into mind is in God's Complex when Rita is um, about to face the Minotaur and the Doctor is literally there going no come back we'll think of something else we'll we'll try something else and Rita takes the choice out of his hands um, and here he doesn't here he acts in anger and and clearly hasn't tried to think of any alternatives and it just doesn't uh, doesn't doesn't hit in the same way having said all that like I enjoyed watching the actual episode you know I always like watching a Doctor Who episode and there are some bits I really love about it like I say Adrian Scarborough's performance is brilliant the music's great the um the visuals are are lovely I just I don't like how it treats the character of the Doctor and I don't like how the Doctor is portrayed in this episode which um you know is quite a big minus point. I think this uh I think this one might be uh might be a record for the most negative stuff I've said about an episode. Um 
hopefully, um, hopefully, I mean, this is the thing, like, I'm, I'm critiquing the episode, but ultimately, I've just spent half an hour talking about this episode, so, like, and I would still rather watch an hour of not great Doctor Who over an hour of pretty much any other TV series, so, you know, I still love the show, I just, I just, think it's interesting to look at sometimes the stories where they don't quite get it right. Thank you very much for listening. The email address for this podcast is helentalkswho at gmail.com. Um, if anyone has any commentary, I would love to hear from you, um, especially if you have contrary opinions to me. You know, I'd love to hear from someone who actually loves this episode and thinks that the uh, morality stuff... Um, was was well done uh next time i will be watching power of three so we're back down to earth and we have the first appearance of kate stewart see ya